Hello, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham, solo episode uh, today, no Mac or Mark, uh, but give them a follow if you don't already, at Mac1882THFC for Mac, at 1981Spur for Mark, uh, at L Talk Tottenham for this podcast. Uh, so today, talking about Fulham, bad result, and Sheffield United, good result, uh, Jekyll and Hyde, a couple of games. Uh, so talking about that, Delhi, Bale, Undombele. Uh, Kane, Sun, Modon, loads more. So let's get started and let's talk Tottenham. So, a little weird week with a terrible performance, certainly the second half, Fulham. And then apart from the 10 minutes in the second half, a pretty good performance, Sheffield United. And like I said, like a real Jekyll and Hyde performance. But the fact remains that we're only four points off the lead here and and we're right back in the title race certainly in the top four race uh, you know the four points but it might be five with Man City which they should do win their game in hand this week um, but for, for all the doom and gloom and certainly like, I mean we've lost ten points from winning positions which would have put us clear at the top so it's very disappointing Newcastle which we should have been out of sight, but we were unlucky with a dodgy penalty and Sun had two long-range shots hitting the post. West Ham, which was just crazy and just unacceptable. Uh, and then sitting back in the second half against Wolves, uh, Fulham and Palace, which they're just poor. Uh, but we, we didn't lose those games. Yeah, we, we, we didn't lose those games, which previous seasons, certainly the, the the Palace and Wolves game, we'd have gone even deeper and then probably conceded certainly another chance and lost that game, those games. Uh, and maybe the Fulham one as well. Um, but when you look, Man United are top at the moment. But yet when we beat them 6-1, they were all over the place, Oli to be fired and... All of a sudden now, they've had a good run of form, top of the league. So really, I think we had our good run of form at the beginning of the season after the Everton game. Well, I think we, was it 10 games, 11 games, we went unbeaten. Uh, and then what we've just cut, gone through is essentially Man United's bad period that they had at the start of the season. We've just had it a little bit later. So, same with Man City, they started off sluggish. Um. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was very annoyed with the uh, dropping points against Fulham and other teams as well. But I think you, you've got to try and look at the positives. And then Kane coming out as well and saying it wasn't Jose, it was the players, which that raises a few more questions, doesn't it? Like, why have they suddenly decided to take it upon themselves to sit deep rather than Jose, what Jose's saying, and go forward? Uh and then it's happened time and time and time again. So surely Jose should have nipped that in the bud if that's true. But but at least what he did was acknowledge there's a bit of a problem there in terms of that's why they're not winning games and seeing games out because they're sitting back. So hopefully this Sheffield United game, certainly after their goal, oh, oh, 10 minutes I thought we looked quite dodgy. Um, 
in that in the in the, the start of the second half, and as soon as uh, Goldrick scored, and then Ndombele does his worldie. It was fairly plain sailing, and that was all we had to contend with, really. I mean, I know they're struggling, but they would have had a bit of a, you know, kind of momentum going forward with their win over Newcastle, and then they were at home. I think they've suffered more than most Sheffield United with the lack of fans. Um, but they would have had a bit of momentum, and we've quashed that and got ourselves back on track. Uh, FA Cup next, and then a massive, massive game against Liverpool, which if we can win that at home... We can win that. I mean, then you know, the bad performances that we've recently had will be long forgotten after beating Liverpool. If we can manage that, so it's amazing how things can change and how quickly they do change. Uh, what was quite incredible was the amount of uh, people on Twitter that after the Fulham game were having a go at Jose and and Levy, saying that the recruitment was terrible and all, all of this business, and saying now they have to go and all all of the where's like a month ago, two months ago, they were all singing their praises. And, you know, if we go and beat Liverpool after beating Sheffield United, then they'll be saying how, how good it is again. Like, I mean, it's fine to be disappointed and angry, but it just shows you, certainly in this season as well, with how tight it is at the top and how Manchester United and Manchester City were all over the place and now they're bang on top form, Liverpool getting spanked 7-2 by Villa and now they're second, I think second or third. It just shows how quickly this can change. It's got like the championship. The championship, you can be like 10th. You have three wins and all of a sudden you're shot right back comfortably into the uh, uh, playoff places. It's similar to the premiership at the moment. So if we go on a run of like five games where we win the ball, um, we'd be top of the league again. So I think, you know, and, and we, we've lost three games. Uh, who would that be? Uh, Leicester, which was absolutely terrible. Liverpool, where we were very unlucky. And I can't remember the other one. Uh, who did we lose to? Oh, Everton at the start. So that one was just... Well, that and uh, Leicester just didn't turn up. So... And Liverpool were really unlucky. So another day they could have turned into draws or wins. Uh, but we have lost three in half the season gone, which six losses if you times that by two. But then we played Chelsea, played Liverpool, played Man United, all away from home. We've got Man City away. That would be tough. Um but we have beaten them before earlier, so we haven't got to play them at home. Arsenal away, that that will be. That doesn't matter where Arsenal are, or how they're playing, or how we where we are, or where how we're playing. Derby is a derby. It depends who wants it more. So there's a long, long, long way to go here. We're in a cup final, doing well in the Europa League. It's a pity the the League Cup final isn't kind of earlier like it normally is. And if we could win that, that gives you an extra momentum going forward in the league. But then adversely, it could then have the opposite effect if we get beat. Um, but yeah, so let's just talk through the Fulham game for the moment. So, I mean, that was the, the bad part. Winks came in. I'm not sure if that was putting him in the shop window 
which he's now said that he's not going anywhere. Jose said that, so didn't suggest to me that it was a shop window kind of thing. Um, but the, the issue that you do get with Winks, and I, I love Winks, the, the issue that you get is that he's very generally, I mean, sometimes he'll pass it forward, but generally it's side to side backwards. Don't know if you saw Alan Shearer's uh, punditry on our Sheffield United game yesterday. He was saying how every ball that we played was looking to be forward. Winks is kind of the opposite, but in certain games and, and in and you know there is a place for someone. In, there is a place in the team for someone like that where it can help. You certainly under Pochettino, where we're all about possession play. That is a good thing, keeping the ball, passing it back, slowing the game down when you're under pressure. But in, in this kind of a day and age with Jose now, where it's very much counter-attacking style game and possession isn't that important, I'm not sure where he fits in. Uh, what I would say is second half, certainly Fulham, no disrespect for Fulham, I like Fulham, but they are going to finish in the bottom half of the league. Whether they'll go down or stay up remains to be seen. But they, I would say they'll finish in the bottom 14, 15. So you're under pressure there, certainly in the second half. You've got Kane's son. Kane's showing that he can pass the ball, keep the ball. You've got Winks there. Hoiberg, Ndombele, and, and we can't keep the ball. I mean, Dembele, Eriksen, back in the Pochettino days. I'll go back to the 16-17 season. When we were under the cosh, they took that game, the game by the scruff of the neck for five minutes, kept the ball, slowed the game down, slowed the momentum down. It's now against Fulham, Palace, Wolves. They have momentum. We've got no one to slow it down. We just hoof it long, keeps coming straight back. So it's inevitable that they'd score, score a goal and get the equaliser. And then as soon as they get the equaliser, then we start passing it and keeping the ball and creating an attack. So... Hopefully, this Sheffield United game has shown that we're far, far better when we're attacking. Ignore the the uh, opposition. You can only beat who's in front of you. But Fulham, obviously, they, they've completely changed how they play, and that's all credit to them and Scott Parker. They were shipping goals left, right and centre in the early part of the season. I think when we played them, they'd lost one in seven. It's two in eight now with, with the uh, Chelsea Lost, but they're hardly conceding any goals. Scoring goals is their problem. But they, they he's obviously changed how, how they play, so they're difficult to break down. But even so, if you don't really attack anyone, you're not going to break them down. And, I mean, Sun had a free header. It's a good save. Should have scored. You know, Kane had a free header, but all caused by a brilliant cross from Regulian. Or Reguilon. But we didn't really attack them, certainly in that second half. And, you know, you want to win leagues and stuff like that, you've got to kill games off. And goes back to what I say with Kane's comment. So it doesn't really matter at this stage if it is the players deciding to sit back or it is Jose telling them to sit back. It's happened four or five times now. I don't know how many times it has to happen for whoever's deciding it or the players as well. To just go, you know, fuck it. We're just going to attack them here and keep the ball. Uh, I saw, I saw a clip from Wayne Rooney. He was talking uh, someone on 
It's Monday Night Football Retro. We talk about what was Alex Ferguson's greatest quality. Uh, but he said that when someone got sent off, it was up to the players. They decided how they'd sort it out, so who would go in what position and what formation they play in. And if it wasn't working, then Ferguson would step in. But, you know, so this is the kind of level we're wanting to get to, Man United, back in that day, winning leagues and, and all of that. And we've got players here deciding that they're going to be negative or Jose's telling them to sit back. And we're conceding goals. Like the, the players on the pitch, you, you've got, you know, you've got captain of the country, Kane. You've got Undumbele, who's got all the skill in the world. Hoiberg, who's a leader. Dyer, who's a leader. Lobbies, one of World Cup and the captain. So you've got leaders all the way through the team. They don't seem to be taking the the son as well. He's captain of his country. So you've got all of these players who who aren't deciding to go and attack teams and kill them off. Which, you know, we all know Jose likes a defensive style. But if <laughs> if we're winning games two nil, three nil each game, he wouldn't give a fuck how we do that. Uh, and then when you're two nil, three nil up, then you can go and sit back and then you know, play on the counter-attack. But, you know, I, I, I'm not really sure. That Man United game, ignore the fact that Martial got sent off. Even when it was 2-1, 11 against 11, we were creating chances and looking to go forward. And even 11 against 11, we looked like we were going to score. So I don't know what's happened there for us to suddenly go, either the players or the manager, you know, let's get a goal, sit back. And, you yeah. know, no, no. People say, "Oh, Kane doesn't lie." What Kane said is the truth, but he could be defending the manager because he knows, you know, Mourinho was kind of under pressure with us with certain quarters of the fan base when he first started because of Chelsea and the fact that he plays in a negative way when we've had Pochettino's way, which is free flowing attacking football and entertaining football for five or six years. But, but you know. Yeah, but the, the slow start against Fulham, I mean, it wasn't just the first half. The first 15 minutes, we were all over the place. Similar to Leeds, I know we won against Leeds, and that covers up the fact for me that for the first 10 minutes, we were really slow and they were having half chances, which worries me slightly, certainly against Liverpool, because, you know, you, you have Fulham who came to us and it was keeping the game, keeping the game, and don't, don't be easy to break down, whereas Liverpool... Don't know anything else other than attack. So if we start slow, Liverpool could be 2-0 up before we even get started. Um, yeah, I mean, then we scored. But the celebrations being banned is absolutely ridiculous to me. It's just... Now, people moan, there's a pandemic going on, people are dying, I know that. So I understand the reasoning for it, and that's a good thing. But you, you're stopping celebrations happening because people are getting too close in a game that people are getting too cl far closer than that all game. I don't want football to be stopped. But at the same time, you, you're saying you can't get too close to celebrate, but you can like man mark someone from a corner and pull them back. But there are the rules. People have to adopt by the rules. James Madison's um, celebration was very good. Uh, trying to make light of it, so like high, pretending to high five is is buddies, but obviously thin air and shaking hands. But 
I mean, if this goes on for another five months and you're coming to the end of the season and then it's as tight as it is at the top then as it is now, you know, and you end up winning a league, you know, like Aguero did against QPR. I mean, people are going to celebrate that because it's passion. So I, I just, but, you know, it, it's just a bit balmy to me that you're not allowed to celebrate and hug someone and high five someone. But two minutes earlier and two minutes later, you're allowed to go and grapple someone and stand next to someone, touch tight to them, touch them on the, you know. But anyway, you know, don't want to get in trouble or anything like that, but, you know. Is an opinions thing, so that's just mine. But uh, let, let's uh, focus on some positives. So, Agulian crossing ability is absolutely superb, and for someone like Kane, who thrives off that kind of service, when Mourinho first came in, it was our. Oh, I mean, Merson since retracted it, but said he always struggled there, and we, you know, all these stats. I think against Bournemouth last year in a nil-nil. No, we lost one nil, didn't we? Um, we didn't have any touches in the opposition penalty box. But when you see, and this isn't the first time it's happened, Magulian crossing like that, I mean, I've said it before and said it last season, when Ericsson wasn't playing, we didn't have any kind of creativity there. People like Sun wouldn't run because they know that they're not going to be found with. When Ericsson comes on, they know if they make a run, they've got someone there who can look up and ping a ball 60 yards to their feet. When Regulian gets the ball in a crossing area, Kane is going to be busting the gut to get in the box because he knows the cross is likely to come in and it's going to be a good cross that he can attack. So, crossing I've said before, like Beckham didn't really, I don't think Beckham, in the same way that Alexander-Arnold picks out anyone in particular, it's put into an area and the people who get on the end of it know that if they go to a good area or that area, the, the crosser is out, you're going to see the run and put it into that area. Or they work on it so much in training that as soon as they get it, they know which area it's going into. And I think Magulion has that. And, and the, 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 I mean, we talk about the, the understanding of Kane and Son. I, I think Reguillon and Kane have an understanding as well in the sense that Reguillon gets it. If Kane's in the box, someone's in the box, whip it in. If not, keep the ball, and then when there is a chance to cross it, when someone's in the box, whip it in. And, you know, it looked easy and looked awful defending because Kane was completely free, and obviously he made the header look simple. I mean, that's what he does. I will talk about the Sheffield United goal in a bit as well, which is very similar. But I think it was the cross that made it, and, and it was a quick cross, Kane knows it's coming in, knows where it's going, and then he can, you know, the defenders don't know that. They're kind of static because they're waiting for the boss, the cross to come in and then attack it, but it's too late by then because the understanding between Reguillon and Kane, they know where he knows where it's going. I'll go there. He knows where he's crossing it because he knows where he's going to run. And I think that is a real, real, real good strength going forward. Um. And then Undombele, which we'll talk about Sheffield United a bit later on, but I thought he was the best player for us by quite a way against Fulham. And he's had two 90 minutes. No, he didn't have 90 minutes again. Or did he against Fulham? He certainly had 90 minutes against Sheffield United, and he, he's certainly playing longer. 
Fulham, he was operating in a bit of a advanced role as a number 10. So I, I, I thought maybe that the reason he's lasting longer in games is because he's not doing as much running. When he's a bit deeper, he's having to go up and down, up and down, up and down and always be alert. Whereas number 10, he can kind of, when it's in defence, like take a bit of a breather. But then Sheffield United, he, he sat deep. He was deeper and still played 90 minutes. But then maybe that's because of the opposition and, and I didn't see the stats, but maybe we did have more possession than we normally do. Whereas Liverpool, if he plays in a deeper position, he's likely to be running about a lot more because they'll have a lot more of the ball. But the fact that he, can have a, he hasn't had a 90 minutes, well, I can remember for a long, long time, just... I mean, the the progress there, you know, Jose gets a bit of a bad rap that he, he turns players against him and, and there was an element of like, oh, was he doing that with Ndombele? When he set the challenge, obviously, by saying he was awful and blah, blah. And he set the challenge and it shows that sometimes it works because that's another thing that Rooney was saying about Ferguson. He knew how to talk to players. So he said he, he you know, he gave an example that Nani was dribbling too much, losing the ball. But Ferguson knew that he couldn't have a right go at Nani because he'd lose the player. So he ended up having a go at Rooney. Rooney would then argue with him. And then it would end up firing Rooney up and he'd put in a better performance second half. But then he'd end up telling Nani not to do it. So it was the player telling Nani off, not the manager. It's unbelievable man management. That it's, it's the same way that I saw. A, I heard a got a friend who's United fan. He said that when Ronaldo first joined, dribbling, 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 losing the ball. No, it wasn't. It was diving. I think falling over or diving. It was one of the two. Let's just say dribbling, losing the ball. And he told uh, Gary Neville, Paul Scholes, and Ryan Giggs, if he does that again and lose the ball, I'm holding you responsible. So the players went. The, the senior players went on the pitch told Nanny to stop doing it. Senior players doing it. Ferguson didn't have to, still had the backing of the player. Unbelievable man management. And, yeah. And then he basically told Rooney off for dribbling too much, but it was aimed at Nanny. So Nanny would listen and go, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't dribble too much. And that's what he was getting at. Unbelievable. Whereas Jose has worked this time with Ndombele. He's had a go at him directly see what kind of character he is. He's a fighter. And now he's basically forced himself behind Kane and Son as definite starters. Starter. A brilliant turnaround. And, you know, credit to Jose for realising that this player I can have a go at and it will fire him up. And then all credit to Ndombele as well. But then other players, Ali, I'm not sure it's worked. Whereas Ferguson got it right nine times out of ten. Um, but yeah, Undombele, always looking forward. I, I mentioned it earlier with Alan Shearer's punditry on Sheffield United, but even Fulham, he was looking forward, Undombele. And yeah, and then Sheffield United just carried that on. Uh, Son, not quite having the conviction that he had at the start of the season. I don't know if he's uh, knackered or, or needs a rest. Uh, start of the season, on fire, everything he, he touched turned to goals. Uh, Mr. Header against Fulham, which, like, heading isn't his 
Forte, Kane misses a head, Ethi, oh, he should score that. He's good at headers. Where Son, not sure that's his forte. It was a nice height for the keeper, good save. Point blank range. Uh, and then Sheffield United went through. Great ball from Kane. And the desire is still there to get on the ball as soon as Kane gets the ball, run forward. Uh, he missed one against uh, Fulham, uh, the one-on-one, the -on -one, which could have... Uh, Turn the game. I mean, we'd be completely talking completely different if that had gone in just before Fulham scored. I can't believe I forgot about that. One on one, seemed to scuff the shot off the post. Five margins. If that goes in, 2 0, Fulham get a bit downhearted. We can see the game out, 2 0 win. Yeah, doesn't go in, they score 1 0, momentum's all within. But normally, this season, I mean, look at the Man United goal that he scored. The first one from the Kane's free kick, you know, just such such confidence to put that in. Whereas Sheffield United, he got put through by Ndombele. It was a bit of a heavy touch, uh, and then it goes to the keeper who makes a bit of a hash of it. Very lucky not to give away a penalty. I don't think it was a penalty, but yeah, and 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 the one where he got put through by Kane, and and it was a lovely dink over. But it hit the outside of the post where he looked up. Normally, he, he looks up. He looked up. And then normally he'd look up, see there was no one behind the goalkeeper, just dick it, dink it in the dick it, dink it in the middle of the goal and make sure. Uh, but I, still, you can't really have a go at Sun because he scored so many important goals. But then in the same way, Bergwijn hasn't scored that many important goals and then he got criticised against Liverpool. It's fine to criticise him going, he should have scored that. Death threats and all the abuse is an absolute disgrace and people who do that should be ashamed of themselves. Um, but yeah, Sun sh should get criticised for the, the Fulham miss. He should be scoring it. But I think... What he's done this season, obviously, you know, he's won games that we should, wouldn't have won normally at Brentford. Uh, uh, Kane as well uh, against Liverpool, missing a, a, a sitter of a header. But I wonder if Sun's uh, just run out of gas a little bit, needs a bit of a break. Hopefully, Wickham, we don't need him and he, he could just have a rest. Um, but, you know, having said that, I wouldn't sort of swap Sun or Kane or Undumbella at this point for anybody. Um, but yeah, so hopefully it's just a dip. I mean, all strikers go through a dip, don't they? Even Alan Shearer had a dip in form. And Kane, you know, August has his goal droughts. It happens with all strikers. So at some point, some will start scoring again on probably a more difficult chance. And then he'll go on a run again where he can't stop scoring. Uh, the other thing from Fulham, Sissoko at right wing. Not sure about that. It's all fine against uh, your cities, your Liverpools, you know, teams who push you back and you're sitting back. But not when you're, you're against uh, the weaker teams who aren't going to put you under as much pressure. He, he's a right winger, a defensive right winger, if that makes sense. So he, he's on the right wing, but he's helping out Orvias's main um, job. Which he was doing against City, Liverpool, and all of that, where you know we we don't have much of the ball under tremendous pressure, and it's all about making sure we're defensively solid. Against Fulham, it's all about going forward, 
he's not that kind of player. He's not attacking minded. He's defensively minded. So in that respect, I don't think it works. And you obviously miss his presence in the middle of the pitch where he's so strong and, and solid. Against weaker teams, I'm not sure. I mean, that's the, not the position for him, but Liverpool in the middle of the pitch, definitely. Or or even right wing, definitely to stop, uh, help Aurier stop uh, Robertson coming forward and whipping crosses in. So that's pretty much the Fulham game covered. Uh, move on now and uh, after this break we'll take a break here and then come back talk about the Sheffield United game and a few more bits and pieces back soon and we're back so the Fulham game started off slowly it was a bit too defensive Sheffield United was completely the opposite really and really half an hour we should have been completely out of sight game should have been over we won, so I'm not really going to complain that much. I mean, there's a few bits and pieces that aren't great. But we needed a win. We got a win. Happy days. And then hopefully now we can go on another bit of a run. But, I mean, it's no surprise to me that we were looked a lot more energetic with Bergwijn playing. Now, I've said this before, which in terms of skill... I'm not sure as much as he certainly doesn't have as much as Sun, but in terms of work rate on that side with him, more of a bail, I think he's by far and away be the best. So I've said it before, I, I, he reminds me of Lennon, which tracking back and helping the fullback is superb. I think that youthful exuberance and energy is just contagious and, and transmits through the team. Um, He's starting to link well with players as well. Uh, the, the 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 corner for the first goal came from him and Kane. Nice one-two touch football. One-twos. Uh, and then comes to Bergwijn, shot and tipped over. I mean, you expect the keeper to save it, but he's made the keeper do something and we've got our rewards from it. Uh, and then it was a, an assist by him to Ndombele's goal, which... I'm not sure you can quite call it an assist. It's not like Reguilón with the cross for Kane against Fulham. Uh, but it was a nice little flick through into Ndombele's path. I, I'm assuming he thought that he was going to control it there. He's in the box and maybe put a cross in. But we'll get to Ndombele's genius improvisation there a bit later on. But, but point being, he's linking up. He, he's doing his uh, tracking back and energy and... and, and you know, working for the team. And then I, I wouldn't say he's getting a final product now, but he, he's linking up and causing problems in, in an attacking sense for teams. So I think that must come with a bit of confidence as well. I'm sure his confidence took a bit of a battering after the crap he received from the Liverpool game from some inverted commas fans. Uh, but hopefully he seems to be getting that back again now. Um, and yeah, I mean, we should have been out of sight, but you know, but completely the opposite, you know, on the front foot from the off. I think it was five minutes to go. I mean, you can say god awful defending again, 
I mean, because if if Aurea hadn't have got that, Rodon would have got in. Talk about him later as well. Uh, but what I've noticed with Sun as well, and and, and you know, certainly with corners, is we obviously had Ericsson before, who generally couldn't beat the first man. Some of Suns are like that as well, but in terms of percentages, nowhere near as many as Ericsson's. But a lot of Suns corners are going into real dangerous areas. And again, like Reguillon's cross for Kane, all that will do is when we get a corner, encourage players to attack the ball and run into an area. Because uh, a lot of the time, Sun is putting it in there. Whereas when you've got an Ericsson not beating the first man, you're not necessarily going to attack that area because you think, oh, well, okay, if it, beat, if, it doesn't, if it gets cut out by the first man and they keep it in, they're on the attack here, and so then we've got to get back. Um, but yeah, but I, I said about Sun as well, you know, is he, he's not got the conviction that he seemed to have at the beginning of the season. Is he knackered? But he's still doing something. He's, he's created that goal, got the assist for that goal. Uh, he was involved in Kane's goal uh, after Hoiberg uh, picked it up, giving him an option, giving it back to Hoiberg, then gives it to Kane goal. So he's contributing. When Kane was having his August uh, hoodoo, he was still contributing, assisting, having shot, you know, having shots, giving the defence something to think about. And Sun's doing exactly that as well. So I, even though he should be moaned at for the full of misses, which I think he should, but moaned at, don't know, he need to do better. That's it. In the same way that that's what, well, but that's what Bergwijn should have had for the Liverpool game. I'm not so sure about it. I mentioned about that. He did everything right. He was just unlucky. But you can argue that Sam was unlucky against Fulham with a post shot. But anyway, point being, he's still contributing to goals and assists, things like that. And, and obviously with the pace he has and the link-up he has with Kane, he's always going to be a threat. Uh, like I say, I wouldn't swap him with anyone. But yeah, he's still contributing and then, like I said, the goals will come. All he needs is one to go in and there'll be a flood of them again. Uh, and maybe it was just an off day against Fulham because the, the Brentford goal that he scored, I mean, there was no doubt that that was going to go in as soon as he went through one-on-one. Uh, but really, we should have been out of sight. We, you know, that's the only neg- the only two two negatives I've got. The first one I've already mentioned. The first ten minutes of the second half, the goal conceded. But the other one was we should have been out of sight. We, we, you know they were on the ropes there, Sheffield United. I mean, all the scored, and I think it was like two minutes later that Sun off the post when Kane put him through. And again, that was lovely interplay. I think Bergwijn may be involved again. It might have been Hoiberg there, but Kane certainly. It was like lovely, quick one touch football, and then straight through to Sun who. As soon as he sees Kane gets the ball off on his bike, knows exactly where to run because he knows Kane's going to find him. And unlucky with the, the finish. Uh, but if that goes in, I mean, it could have been anything. But then, I mean, the, the last two goals, I mean, it was good play by us, but it was all caused by poor play from Sheffield United. And I love the fact it was Norwood who gave the ball away twice and got caught because he's the one who decided uh, after the restart last year, just elbow Sun in the face and get nothing for it. And then, you know, arsehole, I think he is. So I'm glad he fucked up twice because I can't stand it. 
Uh, so hopefully he's got a bollock in from Chris Wilder there, you know. Yeah, not a fan of his at all. But, yeah. But having said that, you know, it's his error. But Hoiberg, first goal, Hoiberg sees a loose touch. As soon as he sees a loose touch, bang, in. And he, he probably didn't even see the loose touch. He just gambled that there would be a loose touch. Straight in there, into Sun, back to Hoiberg. And, and any budding strikers out there, watch Alan Shearer's a punditry on, on Kane's goal. Basically, he, he, the ball comes into him on the half turn and the touch in front of him. So as soon as he's got the ball, there's no time for defenders to react. It's in front of him and he can think about what he's going to do with it. Takes one more touch, lovely touch in front of him to set himself up. Boom, finish. Roy Keane said, might as well have been out five yards out for him. Which, yeah, as soon as he gets a shot like that, generally gets it on target. The only surprise in this game in Harry's relating to Harry is that he only got one. I mean, Sun lays him through at the end and blasts it over. Like He never usually blasts it like that and wild blast, Kane. It's usually controlled finish or controlled blast. But Harry Kane missing chances, Sun missing chances in a game that we win, I'll take that. When we lose, when we're drawing or we lose by one goal and they miss chances, that will be when I'm annoyed. So get get your your bad finishes out of the way in a game that we win. Fine by me. Um, but yeah, then under melee. Let's talk about the first ten minutes. I mean, defending Rodon back in. There's nothing I've seen from Rodon that says he's overboard by any of this, and he's out of his depth. He's looked accomplished every time I've seen him. He's young, he's, a, he's only played two games in the Premier League, so he will make mistakes. And I'm sure any like people who know a lot about defending have uh, noticed he has made mistakes, but they haven't cost us. But he doesn't look overawed by anything, and, and uh, he's got a great future ahead of him. Uh, Dyer, on the other hand, certainly in the first half, he seemed to let people keep running beyond him. Uh, luckily, he, his recovery was good so he blocked shots and everything and the one time he didn't Rodon went around the back and blocked it instead uh, and then going back to Shearer's uh, thing about the half turn and Kane McGoldrick had a similar one uh, if you watched it on Match of the Day too his, his Kane's touch took it in front of him towards the defence McGoldrick's took it back into traffic to the side of him which that split second gives um, Dyer Rodon whoever it was time to set themselves ready for the block, whereas, you know, that kind of defending against Liverpool, Salah and Mane, I'm not sure you'll get that split second. I think they'll be their their half turns will be like Kane. Uh, and then the goal, missed time jump from Dyer or, or just under him. Uh, he was just under it, sorry. Uh, and then essentially a free header from a Goldrick, which... Oh, it's a good header. I mean, you have to say that. I mean, the team that's struggling, you can snatch at chances. Uh, so it would have been very easy for him to like snatch it out, get too much on it and boom it over the bar straight down Loris's throat. Uh, so it was a very good finish. And it seemed to wake us up and then the game was finished. But yeah, 
I don't know where Alderweireld is. I'm not sure if he was on the bench or not. I'm not sure where he's injured. But I'd like him in there as well. But Dyer has done well. You've got to remember with Dyer as well. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh. He spent the last five years playing as a defensive midfielder and or being injured. And he's essentially learning a defensive defender role again. And he is a leader. I do like Dyer. If you watch the documentary, Mourinho was told when he first came in that he's the only kind of one who likes a bit of a scrap and is a bit of a leader in that respect. So I do like him. And I think it will get better. So I wouldn't be dropping him. It was just a bit of a concern. Uh, certainly when we've got Liverpool coming up who will attack us and look for that space behind. That's what Liverpool do. Is, is putting the space behind and then uh, the midfielders join in and, and pick up any pieces that come through. Uh, but yeah, Rodon did really well and has done really well every time I've seen him, really. Um, so it'll be interesting... Uh, what defensive partnership he goes with against Wickham. I'm expecting Sanchez to play there. He seems to be the fringe player. We'll get to that a bit later on. Talking about fringe players, Bale. Uh, no idea what's happening with him. Uh, I mean, hardly ever play. He looks fairly happy on the bench, but then he possibly was at Madrid as well. But, but yeah, I, I, I don't know what the problem is. I mean, if he's not fit, he shouldn't be on the bench. But he seems to prefer more over him to come on. Uh, if he's not a right fit in terms of that he's going to play on wide and needs to track back and isn't doing that like uh, uh, Sun and Bergwijn do, then I don't know why we bought him. Uh, and then I don't really know what's going to happen with him. My, my personal viewpoint is it looks to me as though he was brought in just to appease the fans because the, you know, Fans not happy with certain things, and I'll bring Bale in, that'll cheer everyone up. And then, aren't we geniuses? We brought Gareth Bale back, and that's what it looks like to me. And Roy Keane saying he doesn't understand what's going on because he's not playing him. And it's been a few months now, so his fitness should be up. So, yeah, I don't really understand it. He might as well have stayed in Madrid, sitting on the bench, getting paid the same amount, but he gets a bit of sun in a month or two. So, yeah, I mean, he can't be happy. And, you know, he is a game-changer, Bale. Certainly in the games where he drew, certainly Fulham. I mean, that's one criticism of Mourinho there. We're struggling because Fulham have got the momentum. He only makes two subs and we've got all these people on the bench. So I don't understand why he didn't bring Bale on in that one or, or certainly another attacker. Uh but yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, the loan deal is for the end of the season. There was talk a little while ago that everyone's been impressed with him in training and everything like that, and then we're going to extend the loan. But uh, at this moment in time, if he's not playing, I don't see that happening. And, and you know, if he isn't fit, he's not going to get any fitter, is he, sitting on a bench? Um. I expect he'll play against Wickham. I'd, I'd, I'd want him to start against Wickham rather than Marine came on, which I, I can understand that. I can understand that because, you know, his game we should have been winning, obviously, we did. And it's a real good chance without any kind of negatives to start the, the real younger players and, and give 
them a game out. Uh, speaking of that, Harvey White gone to Portsmouth on loan for the season. Good luck to him there. And it's good club pump Portsmouth. I like them. Uh, so that'll give him much needed experience. But he's he's got his uh, uh, debut or, or whatever with us uh, against Mavine. So he, he you know training with people like that in the first team. So that that will stand him in good stead as well. And now he can get some game time. Um, and then Delhi, the Delhi situation. Uh, again, I think Jose said he's not going. But yeah, the Euros are coming up. Same with Winks. Uh, and at this moment in time, they're not in the squad because they're not playing. And when they do, they're not getting any form. Well, I think Delhi possibly, like, like a, a Defoe, generally, apart from when he was a sub for us and scored 20 goals, but generally... I think he needs game time, constant game time to get into a rhythm. I'm not sure he's one of these players like a, a Solshire who can just pick up where they left off after 60 minutes of the game already gone. But again, like like uh, Bale, I'm not sure he's a good fit for Jose's team and like Winks as well, uh, which he inherited those two uh, rather than Bale coming in. Uh, but yeah, I've... I don't want ba uh, Delhi to go. I don't want Bale to go. But if they're not getting games, then they're going to get cheesed off and, and then unhappy. And you don't want unhappy people in your team. Um, and I think he's done with Delhi what he did with Ndombele, and it's not worked for Delhi. He hasn't got the reaction that he wanted. And I've said before, time and time again on here. I don't think Delhi's best when he's got the ball at his feet. I think he's better without the ball when he's making runs. And and I think he needs the Ericsson kind of player, the, the person in the hole who can go wherever he wants, leave massive gaps, and then can ping it 60 yards and then completely turn defence into attack with one swipe of his foot. And there's a huge gap in there for Ali to run into. And that's where he's not picked up, and then that's where he can pick his head up and do something instinctive or he's got time to look up and then you think when he's being closed down in tight spaces I'm not sure he's the best for the ball but there's no doubt he's a talent I mean you don't score goals like Palace and have the seasons that he had under Pochettino without any talent and again it was in a documentary that Mourinho said you've got to want it yourself I'm not sure the motivation is all there for Delhi. I'm a not sure, he just wants to be a celebrity, partly. Um, but anyway, yeah, it, I mean, it's a long season. Um, I, I, we're going to need people like Delhi and Bale and Winks if they all stay this season. Because uh, it's a long season, we've got games coming thick and fast, like every three days. Certainly if we get through to the Cup, next round of the Cup, and then do well in the Europa League. So we're going to need all of those players. So hopefully they can pick it up. Like, what I'd love to see with Bale when he plays is for him to get the ball at his feet, run at people. He won't have the pace that he did, the blistering pace he had eight years ago. But he's still good at dribbling and knows how to keep the ball at his feet and, and you know do some tricks. I mean, the first thing he did when he came on against West Ham, got the ball from Kane, still had lots to do, little shimmy with left foot, right foot, and then he's in one-on-one. -on -one. And then he seems to have not done any of that since, which I find bizarre. But 
he isn't getting the game time, but hopefully he gets a full game against Wickham, can find his form again, and then he can try and force his way in. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, let's talk about someone who has forced their way in, uh, that we've mentioned before, Undombele. This goal, I mean, he was the best player on the pitch, our best player against Fulham, always looking to go forward. Uh, like I said against Sheffield United at the end, uh, similar to the Brentford goal for Sun. See Sun running, first thought, put it forward. Uh, and the goal, I mean, it was lovely interplay between him and Bergwijn, one two-touch football. So, again, it was a miscontrol by Dickhead Norwood. Uh, picked off. I'm not sure who picked it off. Uh, it might have been Lamella. Did Lamella come on? I can't remember. Anyway, it's picked off. Goes to Undombele. Plays it to. Uh, uh, gives it to Bergwijn. Sorry. Plays to Undombele. And and what I loved about it as well is uh, Undombele then plays it straight back to Bergwijn. But instead of admiring that, as soon as he hits that ball to Bergwijn, you can see him run forward into the box. So I mean, he's got all the ability of Dembele. You know turning players inside out and taking three players out of the game, which obviously comes with its risk if you uh, doesn't come off, which happened a couple of times. So against better teams, it's not always the best thing to do. But he's got all that ability and now he's looking to go forward. Like The, the only issue I had with Dembele was his end product in terms of goals. Uh, but that was possibly the position he played, just, you know, security, get the ball, keep the ball, don't go too far forward. Um, we all remember the goal he scored against Leon Dembele, which like he's, he can do that. And on his debut, he scored as well. I can't remember who that was against. But anyway, uh, Undombele, as soon as he played that back to uh, Bergwijn, driving forward with intent into the box. Nice little dink. I mean, it wasn't perfect for him by any of the stretch. But I'm not sure it was supposed to be like, a, you know, here you go, one and one, finish it. But you can see Ndombele look at the keeper. I mean, people may say, oh, his position was bad or the keeper should have done better, but I don't know much about goalkeeping, but he was in a fairly good position, I thought, and just didn't expect that improvisation. He looks up, little glance, sees where the keeper is, and, and not only was it great improvisation, but I don't know if he could have placed that any better. I mean, it, I'm not sure if it hit the post, but if it didn't, it was very close to bouncing onto the post. And, I mean, it was right in the corner and, and just unbelievable improvisation. So no doubt in my mind he actually meant what he actually did. And, I mean, what a player we've got there. Someone who was almost down and out a year ago, couldn't complete 60 minutes two months ago. And now has been our best player in the last two games. And and at a time as well where there's questions raised that are we too reliant on Kane and Son, you need people chipping in with goals. So Kane obviously got his goal. That's going to happen. He's our main striker. And if he doesn't, Son will. But then we've scored three goals and only a th third of them have been scored by one of our main two. So Ori has chipped in. And on Bele's chipped in. We need a few more people like that. Sissoko chipped in with the goal against um, Brentford. 
So I, I, that's important. If you want to win leagues as well, you can't just be over reliant on two players, which we, like I said, we've been criticised that, and then it's been coming out that are we? Um, so it's really pleasing to see that that, that Aurier's goal. I mean, that could be anyone who scores that, you know, set piece. But again, it just shows another string to our bow with, like I say, Sun putting it into good areas. People are going to gamble on that into those areas. And then Undombele, like I said, with the intent to go forward, as soon as he plays that pass back, sprinting off into the box to try and create a problem. So whether he was trying, you know, I mean, one or two things is going to happen there. He gets the pass and then he has a shooting opportunity, which is what happened, or players go with him. It gives Bergwijn space to go forward, have a shot, play a, a pass out wide or through to someone like he did. And, yeah, we need more of that from other players as well. Um, and I, speaking of Bergwijn, I, I think it's only a matter of time, if he keeps playing, it's only a matter of time until he starts scoring goals because he's getting into opportunities to score. You know, he can finish. We saw that against City in his debut. Uh, Liverpool game, very unlucky there. Did everything right, just didn't put enough whip on it and curl on it. Um, but yeah, and again, I mean, if we beat Liverpool, get round through to the next round of the cup, then beat Liverpool, it's all looking rosy again. And, you know, it's all happy, happy, happy in the land of Tottenham. But, you know, lose to Liverpool, and then depending on how it is, if it's bad performance, then it'll be all doom and gloom again. But if we then go on a run of three games, uh, winning all three, then it'll be happy, happy Tottenham again. Like I said, we're only four points, five points off City win the league, the top of the league, which, you know, we've got to play City away. Yes, tricky, but not undoable. Uh, and, and the way the league is, people are dropping points all over the place. So who knows? You, you know, you keep winning games, see where it takes you. And we've got the ability to. We've got two of the world's best strikers and full, or forwards. And, you know, and Dombele now is showing his class, chipping in with goals. We've got other people chipping in with goals. So I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic. Um, so we've got Wickham, which, again, we shouldn't need Kane or Son. They're, 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 are they bottom of the, the championship? They're certainly in the relegation zone. So you'd think that confidence is low, but then it can have the adverse effect there. FA Cup, it's something to take our mind off the league. Um, but yeah, we should be winning that. And, and hopefully someone like Bale will chip in with goals and play the whole game. Delhi as well. Um, yeah, we, we can progress there. Give the main hitters a break and then bang in to play Liverpool and Liverpool have uh, had uh, Man United which you'd think it took a fair bit out of them a nil-nil and, and against your main rivals uh, then they've got a tricky game against uh, Burnley then the FA Cup and then us so they've got a lot of games coming where we should hopefully be able to rest our top hitters against Wickham and then come really fresh at home against Liverpool and if we can win that who knows we, uh, I'm not sure we leapfrog yeah we would leapfrog them they're a point ahead of us we'd leapfrog them and you know all looking rosy again and then people would be talking about as well okay Tottenham are in a title race you know but if we lose we're not out of the title race 
but it's going to be a lot, lot, lot more difficult because you've lost to a rival. And like, like I said, you don't lose to a rival. You, you draw at the worst case scenario. But I'm trying to be optimistic. Ho- hopefully this Sheffield United game has shown the players and the manager we're much better attacking than we are sitting on a lead because uh, we've thrown that away too, too many times. Uh, so hopefully... I mean, Wickham, we should attack because we should have more of the ball. Uh, but Liverpool, hopefully we can attack and cause them problems because they're not infallible. They've obviously got great players up top and give them a chance. They'll score goals. Uh, but Jose will have a plan for that. Hopefully we can carry that plan out and create an attacking threat as well uh, and look dangerous to give them something to think about so they don't go gung-ho on us. Uh, but that will remain to be seen. But like I said, Jekyll and Hyde last two games... Uh, but hopefully we can carry on with a good one Sheffield United and carry that forward for the rest of the season okay so that will just about do it for today on this solo episode a uh, bit of a rest now uh, until Monday for the Wickham games the reason that's on a Monday the TV I guess uh, but nice little rest for the players hopefully a bit of a longer rest for Kane, Son and Nombele uh, we won't have to play in that game. Fringe players can then, you know, state their claim. Uh, and then we go again for Liverpool, hopefully all fully refreshed when they're tired and we can get a good result there. So, be back after the Wickham game. Hopefully Mark and Mac will be joining me for that one. Uh, so, until then, come on, you Spurs. <laughs>